Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to my Adventures in ESL mini training for this week. I am Millie, and as usual, I am excited to be here with you all today. So before we get started, I just want to officially welcome everybody to today's show. And I'm really excited again that you're here and joining week after week. I know this is an extremely busy time for us as educators. So it means a lot that you are showing up, you're listening, and that you're tuning in. I also want to encourage you to share your wins. Remember, I want to hear about them. Other ESL teachers want to hear about your wins. They can be big wins, small wins, medium-sized wins. A celebration is a celebration. So I want you to share those at Millie at MyAdventuresInESL.com. So once again, share those wins. A personal win for me this week is that our students started taking the listening assessment for the end of the year language assessment. And I can just tell that they were focused, that they were giving it their best. And so that was a personal win for me to see them trying and being motivated. So I am just so excited about that. So I would love to hear your win for the week. Just remember to share those at Millie at MyAdventuresInESL.com. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into today's topic. And this is one that I am really passionate about because I love doing read-alouds with my students. I know, and I want you all, I'm curious to know from you all is, have you ever done a read-aloud and you just felt your class, you just felt the boredom (laughs) ooze from your students? I don't know if that's happened to you, but I have done read-alouds and I just felt my students like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. And I honestly wondered, what is the benefit of me doing a read-aloud with my students and they're absolutely bored out of their minds? I would just sometimes think to myself, couldn't I just be using this time to teach them really important reading skills that they need? I mean, I'm reading aloud this text to them and they are just not into it. I would often read aloud to my students and I just, like I said earlier, just knew that they were just wishing they were somewhere else. They were daydreaming. They weren't participating in the read alouds. And even though I knew that there were a ton of benefits uh, for the students hearing me read, such as them hearing a fluent reader, reading a text with expression, it just didn't seem at during that moment or in the moment that my students were connecting to my read alouds. I mean, I was reading aloud and I thought I was teaching really important reading skills in isolation to my students. But when it came to how to combine a read aloud and teaching skills, I personally was stuck. I was teaching the skill in isolation and then I would turn around and do the reading in isolation. And so I was really just stuck on how I can combine the two of those. Now, I will never forget this. It was after my first year of teaching and I had the opportunity to go to an amazing conference. 
I also took this time to immerse myself in Pinterest. I was like on it because I knew that this was something that my English language learners needed. So I went to this amazing conference. It's called um, the Lausanne Technical Institute Conference. And before you like Tech Institute, what does it have anything to do with ELLs? But I promise you, it was an amazing conference. So when I went to this conference, one of the topics that the teachers were teaching was how she does read alouds for her students. And I was like, I've been on Pinterest searching. I've been looking for articles, how to do this. I mean, I am excited. So I hurried up and signed up for that session. So the teacher that was teaching this session, she pulled out the most basic anchor chart. It was just an anchor chart and it was just marker. It wasn't any fancy stuff on it. It was just plain anchor chart. And when she pulled out this anchor chart, she had some really key reading skills on it. So she had at the top reading is thinking, and then she had some really key reading skills like visualizing, making connections, synthesizing. So she had questioning. So this was on this plain chart paper. She then pulled out a picture book with no words. The name of this picture book is Unbroken. If you ever want to use it, it's an amazing picture book about the Underground Rail Railroad, but it doesn't have any words to it. And she modeled to us in the moment how she teaches her students how to make inferences while doing this picture book. And that's where I stopped. I was like, you know what? My first year teaching, I would do a read aloud, but I wasn't modeling my thinking for them. I wasn't modeling for them how to visualize or how to make inferences. And I noticed that she was doing it. So I was just taking notes as many as I can. And then for the remainder of the session, she took this picture book that did not have any words. And she had us, and we were the students, and she had us practice this skill. And for some reason, I can't explain it, that one session impacted how I teach my students reading skills. And after I left that class, I immediately ran. I got some chart paper. I emailed her and I said, hey, can you send me that chart that you did? And I immediately recreated what she did. And after that, I just felt so refreshed with ideas. And you all know it, when the school year started, I was ready to use this strategy in my classroom. I was ready to, you know, do some read aloud and teach these key reading skills to my students. So the first thing that I want to encourage you to do if you are doing this is you, of course, you need a text that is going to align what you're teaching your English language learners. So if you are teaching your English language learners about, in this case, the Underground Railroad, then I would suggest that you find, of course, a text that aligns with it. And one of the things that I did with my students and um, Kathleen, Natalie asked a good question. She said, what age did you use this with? This is still a picture book and I still use it with middle school students. I love using picture books with them, even if they're in middle school, even if they're in high school. I love using picture books with them because the picture books are, of course, packed with visuals. And we know that is a really key scaffold that we want to use for our ELLs. So in this case, I use this book with middle school ELLs. The teacher that presented the book, she said she actually used it with her fifth grade class. And then I was teaching seventh grade at the time and it still worked 
perfectly. Um, so one of the things that I want you to encourage you to lead into that is that make sure that you find a text that is appropriately challenging for your students. You don't want something too easy and you don't want anything too difficult. You want it to make sure it's giving them just the right amount of push. And you can still do that with picture books. I do it with picture books. I do it with chapter books. I just make sure that it is appropriately aligned and it's challenging enough for my ELLs. And then after I decide the book, which is really important, you want to decide the text that you're using, then you want to make sure you decide on which reading skills you're going to model for your ELLs. Of course, beforehand, you want to make sure that you as the educator, you're reading the text before you read it to your students and you practice modeling the skill. So before you introduce it to the class, make sure you do a think aloud or read aloud to yourself. One of the things that I like to do is beforehand, I like to actually read the text aloud to myself. And whatever skill that I'm practicing, I'll make sure to put a sticky note in the book next to the section where I'm going to stop and actually model this skill for my students. That makes me, or that prompts me as I'm reading to say, okay, Millicent, you need to stop here and make sure that you are actually modeling this skill for your English language learners. And as you're doing the read aloud, make sure you allow your English language learners time to practice the skill that you model. Just like that teacher when I went to that uh, session, she did as well. So I will model the read aloud or the skill that I'm teaching my ELLs. So if I'm modeling stopping and summarizing a section, I will model that for my students. I will have them at the front of the board with me. I don't have them really spread out. I'm like, most of the time I'm like, hey, let's come around in a group circle. And as we're coming around in a group circle and I'm doing the read aloud and the modeling to them specifically about one of those key reading skills, then I'll say, okay, I practice this for you. I want you to turn and talk to a partner and I want you to summarize what we just read. Or I want you to turn and talk to a partner and I want you to make an inference. Or I want you to turn and talk to a partner and I want you to make a connection about what we just read. This gives your English language time, learners time to learn from their partner, time to practice, and really, really get that skill down. I love it. And you know what? Side note, as for you as an educator, this is a great formative assessment. So this, while your students are practicing these skills, it can allow you as a teacher to say, okay, maybe I need to go back and model that. I see that my students are kind of struggling with doing this. Or you know what? They got it. So you, you know, you can do this. And yes, Natalie, you can definitely do this for newcomers. When I said that I did this for my students, they were newcomers. So if I have newcomers in my classroom and I do this for them, I would definitely still do the explicitly modeling for the students. When it's time for my newcomers to actually turn and talk, then yeah, I'm gonna definitely have some scaffolds in place for them. And I may have a word bank as well. So I may give them some inferencing sentence frames that they can start with, or I may give them some summarizing sentence frames that they can start with. But when I initially did this, it was definitely with my newcomers. So you can do this with them. And if you have newcomers going back to what you said originally, it would be a great opportunity to use those picture books because those are packed with visuals. So I also wanted to encourage you as well that if you're going to do this with newcomers or intermediate students, I want to encourage you as well to have them practice independently. 
So a great way to do this is with a graphic organizer or you can have them practice with you one-on-one or record it on Flipgrid or VoiceThread or whatever you're using. It is a great way because once again, that can be a formative assessment. That can be a summative assessment where you're kind of gauging what they are learning during these sessions. So I want to encourage you to use doing your read alouds teach really key reading skills. Now, here are your next steps. This is what I want you to do this upcoming week, regardless if you're testing or not. I want you to try this with your English language learners. The first thing I want you to do is decide on a rigorous text for your ELLs. If you have intermediate students in your classroom, then I really want to push you to use as close to a grade level text as possible or use a grade level text as possible. Even if you have newcomers, use a grade level text. You can chunk it, you can take pieces from the text, you can scaffold it, but it really gives them the exposure of the text. Then I want you to pick some key reading skills you're going to teach through the text. Are you gonna teach main idea? Or are you going to teach inferences? Are you gonna teach summarizing? Are you gonna teach questioning? Are you gonna teach making connections? What are some reading skills that you are going to teach? Are you gonna teach citing evidence? I mean, there's so many that you can teach. And then what I would like you to do is set aside maybe 15, 20 minutes, practice reading through the text and put some sticky notes where you are going to stop and model explicitly for your students those key reading skills. And when you do that, I want you to share. This is a great strategy that you can use with your students. It's simple, it's effective, and it is engaging. Now, I would like to know what is your favorite reading skill that you like to teach during read alouds? I know mine is making inferences because the students really get into it, but I would love to know yours. And of course, if you have any questions, you can email me at millie at myadventuresinesl.com or feel free to drop them below in the comments. I will see you all the same time, same place next week at 5.15 uh, Central Standard Time. And I'm happy to be here with you as usual. Thank you for stopping by and you all have a fantastic week. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, myadventuresinesl.com, for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and remember to stay positive and always have high expectations for your English language learning. See you soon!